The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover, step back. Right here on 960theref.com. All right, it is uh, episode number 173 of the Crossover Podcast. From the morning show, I'm David Johnston, and from the home team, he is the one and only Jeff Dantzler. Thanks so much for joining us here as this is episode number 173, and uh, as we always like to tell everybody, you can find us at 960theref.com. We've got the great 960theref app. If you've got an iPhone, you can find it in the App Store and Google Play for your Android and it is Wednesday, and it is National Signing Day, and at least for the University of Georgia, there are other things to talk about than Signing Day. It's a weird, it's actually non-Signing Day. It's a weird day for for Georgia as uh, things are progressing throughout the day. So we got a lot of stuff to get to. The Super Bowl coming up this weekend. One McCole Hardman will be representing the University of Georgia for the Kansas City Chiefs, and we're getting closer and closer to the start of the collegiate baseball season and last night the uh, georgia basketball team i think man i've had their best game of the season and won at auburn but jeff how are you today uh, doing good my friend always good to be here can't wait to get baseball started in, in a couple of weeks uh, i think probably for both of us it'll be a little emotional uh, when we get up there in foley field for the first time uh it's odd in that this day for to say a vast majority of my life is an understatement this is the biggest day of the year for so many years and now it's just kind of the not even the dessert it's maybe the brandy after dessert having the original signing day now being the second signing day and and the, the haze in the barn the, the big news today uh, for Georgia football though was that uh, the, the class of 22 getting stronger and stronger yeah seven in-state commitments and now that elite out-of-stater Big Bear Alexander from Texas. Uh, he's uh, pledged to come play for the Bulldogs, and uh, that could be that that heir apparent to Jordan Davis. Who knows? And uh, that class of 2022 with Tyree West already in and Darius Smith and a couple of other blue-chip defensive linemen in the state. Uh, now with Alexander, it has a chance to be an epic uh, class and certainly an epic defensive line class, but just – uh, so we've got Big Bear, and then for the next class we got Seven Cloud. Uh, so I'm, I'm loving the names here. And just when, when I when I see Big Bear, I, I think about the movie Armageddon <laughs> when when uh, uh, one of the oil workers when when he's out there on his bike, you go, "Come and get Big Bear! Come and get <laughs> Big Bear!" So uh, that that's a great pickup for 2022. And yeah, DJ, you hit a great yeah. win for the basketball team last night. So. so on the morning show today, Logan and I, I don't think we mentioned National Signing Day until like 6:45. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that weird? That oh, it's like oh yeah, that's right. It is national signing day but we're not having ham and eggs and we're not eating fruity pebble pancakes and doing all the stuff that we normally did that day is now in december and even this past december wasn't really that kind of day because of the covid and everything hopefully this december will have a little bit more of a semblance of uh what we use what we're used to doing on national signing day so yeah i can't ever remember a national signing day where you got a big commitment it's you know instead of signees that's the that's the weird thing so i think that's uh, the, the big bear may be the first to do that i think yeah that, that must be the new trend right now <laughs> just going ahead and saying you're, you're jumping in there early so 
again, that's huge for 2022. And, uh, you know, who knows what Terry and Arnold's going to decide to do later today as, as we tape here. And, you know, hopefully he'll, he'll come on with Georgia. If not, it looks like it's going to be Alabama. But uh, an, an excellent class uh, put together by Georgia. And I think when you look at this class, the strengths, uh, a, a great offensive line class, certainly getting Brock Vandegrift in at quarterback, a, a terrific tight end in Brock Bowers, a good group in the secondary, and a very good group up front on, on that defensive line and at linebacker. Really, the, and Georgia did such a great job in state, seven of the top ten prospects in the state signing with Georgia. Uh, Kirby and his staff, just unbelievable. They're relentless workers. You know, the one area where they would probably tell you you know, the, the deal with the COVID and not having the official visits where it probably stung Georgia. Do we maybe get James Williams, the elite safety who wound up going to Miami, that, yeah. that out-of-state prospect? You know, Mason Smith, I always thought it was going to be hard to get a defensive tackle from Louisiana, but but maybe Corey Foreman. And then probably in-state, I would say, the probably the biggest loss we had. And again, hey, we went toe-to-toe and uh, lost it on Barrett Carter, the linebacker who went to Clemson. But Georgia still had a very good group of linebackers. So probably the the, the only thing that separated it from being a great class into just an all-timer class was probably just not get not getting Carter and then to, to get a player like Williams and maybe one other elite-type guys from out-of-state just to go along with a great in-state crop. But, you know, the, the way – Everything has gone down with, with, with the way the recruiting world is right now. Uh, and, and to have Georgia with eight commits already for next year, seven of them in state, and then Big Bear Alexander being the eighth coming in from Texas. I mean, that is what you want. Get the best of the best in this state. And when you go out of state, it's got to be elite. Yeah, and this is certainly the case. And, I mean, look at uh, you know the best player coming back on Georgia's defensive line or at least the first one that jumps to mind is an out-of-stater in mm-hmm. Jordan Davis, although he was different. He wasn't uh, he wasn't one of those guys that came in with the, the four- and five-star accolades, but look at uh, look at him now and how important he is to this defense. Yes. And, and bringing in this uh, big bear, Grizzly Adams. <laughs> See, I'm thinking of Grizzly Adams. I'm thinking of BJ and the Bear. BJ and the Bear. Yeah. But Big Bear Alexander. You know, mentioned out of state guests here. Obviously, Jalen Carter on that defensive front. And yep. I think that that's a thing, too. Uh, Georgia, you know, didn't have the in state hall for the kids that were just freshmen, the rising sophomores. But you look at some of the elite out of staters and the impacts they had. And, and certainly, Darnell Washington comes to mind, Jalen Carter comes to mind Jermaine Burton comes to mind I mean I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm leaving a couple of guys at Kendall and Milton's another one even in this this class uh like a Tyrion Ingram Dawkins TID TID out of Gaffney tell you that's right a, there that's a huge get right there yep and, and you just you look at that defensive front and with with the group coming in now we've also got uh, Jonathan Jefferson coming in and Marlon Dean so that's three good ones right there and again putting together a really good group for next year. And, and we talk about it so much, DJ. That is when you put together the classes in the line of scrimmage, that's where it all starts. That's a foundation. Yeah. I mean, it's like if you want to, you know, what, what's your life? Well, you need the good job. You need the good house. You know, the, the, the fast cars and the vacation homes, that, that's stuff. That's, that's, that's great to have, but that's what we call the satellite deals. It all starts up front. 
and in the trenches. It's where you win, and it's certainly where you win in the SEC. And and in addition, you know, talking about recruiting, to have the elite quarterback coming in this year and the elite quarterback committed for next year, it's it's good times. And I think one of the things that we're just seeing right now, particularly in state, DJ, and we've talked about this a lot, is and I know it's for us to wrap our brains about it as we're we're we're, we're closer to senior citizens than we are to being teenagers now. But that's for sure. When you think about a 16, 17-year-old prospect in their time frame of life, we're seeing that first wave of kid coming up now who is known for a majority of his life of football watching Kirby Smart being Georgia's head coach and Georgia having great success. So, you know, you think about, let's just say that the kids, uh, you know, uh, uh, Gunnar Stockton or, or Tyree West, you know, these guys, so they're, let's say they're 16, 17 right now. Well, when Kirby got here – no, they were 10, 11 years old. And so for them, those kind of early boom memories yep. are the Rose Bowl, the SEC championship. That's the thing. Yeah. So, They're so, very formative years. It wasn't Kirby, but once they got into junior high school and high school, this is what they've known. Yeah, so so we're seeing that, that first wave of that. And and I think you're, you're certainly seeing the Bulldogs reap the benefits of that. And then just also the way you know, last season – Honestly, for me, and I don't want to get too deep in the woods on this, but last season exceeded my expectations. Everything that went down with COVID, when you were talking about we lose Andrew Thomas, Jake Fromm, DeAndre Swift, Rodrigo Blankenship, basically four-fifths of the offensive line. I don't think we thought Kenley, Mays, and Wilson were all going to be gone. Charlie Werner, great tight end. Eli Wolf, you're questionable at wide receiver you get a new offensive coordinator in there, you know, for this team to only lose two games. And then, then I think the way it worked out after losing to Florida, we have the off date uh, because of the COVID situation, didn't go to Missouri that week. And then in steps JT Daniels. He does an excellent job. And you really see this rebirth. We win four straight, finish in the top ten. I mean, couldn't have ended the year on a better note than than Pod making that game-winning field goal. And, and, and we've certainly – carried that momentum over and I think with JT coming in there uh, what what it's done as well is it's put George in a situation where with with Vandegrift like okay you know you're going to come in as the understudy here and you know this is another thing in this day and age especially with the portal you know you could always project out say two maybe three years well how are we going to be looking I was thinking around mid-October hey I think in 22 we're going to be really good well, then all of a sudden, after the loss to Florida, JT steps in there. We start playing good. We, we close strong. And all these players like Jordan Davis and Jamari Salyer and Zamir White say that they're coming back. And now it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, we might be really, really good this year yeah. in 2021. And maybe this is the year. Who knows? And then also – The schedule sets up for the it. The schedule, you couldn't set up any better. And, again, and, you know, if you want to even get down the road – with a Vandegrift and Gunnar Stockton deal, one of the areas where it'll be different, besides them being different people, than the Jake Fromm-Justin Fields situation, which I know is already causing some angst amongst some Georgia fans, that situation in 2018, Jake was the incumbent starter. and that There was no doubt he was a starting quarterback, but presuming, knock on wood here, everybody stays healthy and JT's the quarterback in 21. Yeah. When Gunner gets in, you're going to have Brock Vandegrift. You're going to have Carson back. And 
so th- th- there's not going to be that incumbent there. So I think that's another area where it's it's different. And again, I, I do. But here's the thing: quarterback room is, I guarantee, is not going to look no. a year from now like we think it is. Like we just assume it is. No, it's not going to look like we think it is. And, and the odds of all those guys being there in 23, who knows? But what I would say, you know, to to Carson Beck, who had a great high school career, especially his junior season, not rated as highly as Vandegrift or Stockton. And I think a lot of coaches can do this now. Just look at Mac Jones. Yeah. Look at Kyle Trask. Just if you stay patient, you, you, there, there's a chance you're going to get your shot. And you, know, you think with Mac Jones, at one point he was there with Hurts and Tua, and he finally got yeah. his number called. And look at how he delivered. I guess though, with the thing now, they there is no patience. He's probably the exception to the rule. And with if they're going to let guys have this transfer without sitting out, you know, that's one time thing. We're going to see guys moving all over the place. I want to see what the conferences end up doing. If nothing else, that's the key. Not letting them transfer within the conference. That's the key, DJ. Yeah, if that's going to be a thing or not, because you know Greg Sankey, you could tell he did not want to do it this year. He finally relented on it. But is he now going to stay with it, or are they going to go back to the way they were doing it? And, and let me ask you. Do you think this is one where the commissioners get together and say, all right? I wouldn't even – well, you know how I feel about this. I wouldn't think the commissioners would even need to get together. Do you think the Big Ten wants their guys transferring no. in, in the conference or the ACC or the Big 12? I, I don't think so. I would think this isn't an SEC thing. No. This is a college football thing no. or just a, a college thing, not just football. No, I, I think you're exactly right, DJ. And, and I think, you know, just, hey, if you want to transfer, okay – but it, it's it's not a what we a, a God given right that if you leave somewhere that the next place you're automatically eligible yeah, to play. Exactly. I mean, it's it's one of those deals. Whether you think that's right or wrong, yeah. it, it is. It, if, it's if not. An, an Eric Gilbert right. wants to transfer to Texas. Maybe that's one thing. But mm-hmm. to transfer to Florida. Yeah. going to be another thing. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with all of that. And I think the deal is, and, and, and we all know, the, the portal giveth and the yeah. portal taketh yes, away. Yes, it does. And I think, I think the grad transfer deal is fine. That's fine. Hey, I, graduated, I, can, I get that. I want to dip my toes in the water. Yeah. Hey, th- this place is offering a major. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. yeah so I, I think we're all for that. Yeah. But this, just the, the open highway here, and, and I mean, it's whether, whether you say good or bad for players, for coaches, ever. It's bad for the game and the continuity. And you, you talk about aging coaches and cutting down on their lifespans. Well, it's Holy one thing moly. when it's one thing where you've got certain coaches, and I don't have to name them because we know who they are. They're signing five stars out of high school, mm-hmm. and then there's other coaches who are signing five stars out of the transfer portal. Right. And if these guys are allowed to just transfer within the conference without having to sit out out of the portal, then they're just pooching players out of the conference. Yeah. That's, and that's to me one of those things that you gotta sit back and and you know try to figure all this out. Is it, it good for the game? Right. <laughs> yeah, no. exactly. I'm gonna be a lumber. Is it good it's, for it's in good attack? For the game. Yeah, <laughs> it's better for some schools than it is for others. Yeah, and it's you know I, I think it's one of those things too. You just have to oh it's it's great because you might get a guy, but guess what? Next year your team you might lose a guy. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. What, what's going on here? And and we all know, too, in, in, in football, just the way, I mean, everybody, you can think back to how you were at 18, 19, and how different your body looked at 21 than at 18. 
and especially right. playing this game. That's where the patience is, is so important. Now, for the most part, there's one position where it's been extraordinarily significant. That's mm-hmm. quarterback. Which would you say is the most important position of any of uh, any sport? I think it's become that. Yeah, yeah. It, it certainly. It, yeah, it, it has. Yeah. I mean, you could say a pitcher and you know, a great starting pitcher in but baseball, but he's there. only going four or five days. Right. So it's a little bit different. And in basketball now, there's the, the way the game is. There's not Moses Malone or yeah, Kareem, Kareem playing center. Yeah. When that that you know that used to be undoubted. Oh, the most important. Yeah. Got to have a great center. Well, now. Now you, we everybody we, can do. Yeah, you got to have the great point guard. We have a, can a coach here in Athens that basically yeah. doesn't give out positions. Yeah, we play positions. Like, we got basketball players. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Yeah. So, and, and I, you got to be good everywhere, but it's it, it, it's hard to do it in this day and age without the yeah. outstanding quarterback. Speaking of basketball players, yes, sir. That was a good win last night for the dogs. I was happy to see them bounce back and. A lot of us had been disappointed. It looked like there was some quit in a, in a couple of games. Oh, but uh, these guys have bounced back, and I'll certainly tip the old cap to them. And, and they have, in, in the end, when you, you pull out an upset road win, you look at the shooting percentages. And what we feel goes, we're 48.5. Yeah, 48.3. Okay, if you then three. Right what were we, 43? No, I'm sorry, 49.3. They were 48.3. Okay, threes were we, what, 43%? Georgia hit. Uh, Hit uh, seven of sixteen. There you go. It's a good number there. Forty-four percent, almost. You know, one more make and you're at fifty. Right. And then free throws were over seventy-five percent. Yeah, so, shot the ball well. So you're right at there. You're, you're over forty percent on threes. Right at fifty yeah. percent on twos. Seventy-five percent from the line. To me, those are the numbers you have to be at. And, and just watching it, it's yeah. if you're an underdog, if you're if your field goal percentage, let's say you're late first half, if you're shooting thirty-four percent, fifteen percent on threes. Yeah. Uh, you, you're probably not going to win, but when you're up at 50% on twos, getting, uh, over 40% on threes, 75% from the line, you got to make shots. Georgia well, made shots. That was the thing. It just seemed like there was a better offensive flow last night. They weren't jacking up crazy threes. I mean, Georgia did shoot 16, but that's not, that's no, not a ton at all. That's good. That's the good. shot selection seemed better. I love the fact, you know, Georgia only turned it over 13 times. We've seen many games where they were – more than that, even in the twenties, Auburn only got seven offensive rebounds last That's night. So George huge. had twice as many offensive rebounds, and and uh, the dogs outscored them fifty two thirty four in the paint. And I thought Kamara may have played his you know, one of his better games too. He was big last night. And DJ, I really like him. He's one of those guys that can can just do it all, and he's got incredible upside. You know, what you hear now instead of tall is that he's long. He's got, <laughs> got right. the long arms. The wingspan. Yeah, but he's also very tall, but he, he can block shots. He can get around the rim. Uh, he, he's got touch from the perimeter as well. I mean, he's one of those guys that down the road the pros will certainly look at and say, uh, th- this is a guy who has a potential to be a really good player. And, and I think, too, just getting fully integrated now to, to having K.D. Johnson in the lineup. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is – now, Coach Schloniker has, has told both of us before, he said, when I was recruiting with Coach Durham, so well, what do you like about this guy? He'd say, Coach, this guy's just a baller. He, he, can, he can play. And it's, it's, it's in his blood. It's ingrained in him. So I think getting KD in there just to give you that other 
offensive burst. Really like Ty Fagan, DJ. You know, he's an excellent defender. I think he, he's a Hugh Durham-type player from Logtown, Georgia. Logtown, GA. So now you're talking about, okay, we've got Wheeler, KD, uh, you, you've got um, you got Fagan, you, you got the three transfers, you got Kamara. That's a pretty good seven right there. That's the thing I like too. I, you know, you get those seven or eight. That's a good if number. You need to play a couple of other guys just to give some minutes in there. But that's the one thing I like here is it, it feels like you got your rotation. Mm-hmm. You know who your guys are, and you've got six or seven guys. In fact, last night Georgia had six guys in double digits. And Garcia with nine. So essentially he had seven guys with double digits. And uh even like a guy like Jackson Etter coming off the bench. He had a big basket last night. He can too, shoot. And I so like he him. can play a role. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's a great point, DJ, that so, all right, let's say you got your seven, but when this guy comes in, let's just say it's for two minutes. You've got your role. And I think I heard Coach say Christian Brown wasn't available last night, uh just as far as having, you know, more bodies out there, but uh if you could stay out of foul trouble, but one of the things that helps of staying out of foul trouble is playing good defense and being in a good defensive position. <laughs> and, and, and it felt like Georgia was doing that last night. And you hit on it too, not giving up offensive ribbons. The yeah. greatest sin in basketball is not rebounding defense. Like when you don't yeah. rebound defense, like whatever, you give up easy points, you get in foul trouble. And you don't have yeah. possession of the ball. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Georgia got most of the rebounds and didn't return it over a ton. Uh, exactly. And if you do that, you're going to have a chance. That, that's exactly right. You're going right. to have a chance. So you, you've got to rebound defensively. And you know, G- Georgia was able to do that. Now to get back-to-back wins, you really feel like there's some good momentum going forward here. Yeah. And the the ship of Nashville is supposed to roll in. Now, they didn't play – last night or tonight whatever they're I, i'm trying let's see i guess they were supposed to play tonight against texas a&m and that game has been coveted out now apparently this was on the a&m side but they were supposed to play two or three weeks ago and it was coveted out on the vandy side and vandy has lost i think six uh, when i say lost i mean not played mm-hmm. six games this year so you know knock on wood yeah. we'll have a game on saturday and that's a legit chance to get a W there. And yeah. then you're talking about getting to five and six, and now all of a sudden you're sniffing 500. I, I know. I, and I don't know if there's going to be an NIT or who knows, who knows what there's going to be postseason. I don't know that there will be or not. But you know, Georgia's overall record is you know, if you if you win on Friday or Saturday, you're you know you're 12 and six. Sure, so you doubled up there the wins and the losses. So yeah, good good game last night for the uh, for the Georgia basketball team, uh, especially quick. being an Auburn team that had Thor starting. Yeah, yeah. When you got Thor out there with the <laughs> magic like... hammer, that's hard to do. <laughs> I want to throw one one other thing out there. When you were talking about the the numbers mm-hmm. and just you can tell so much from the box score, uh, and the, we love a box score. Oh, I love a box. Score. Although they got something, I don't. I I I'll ask you. All right, go okay. ahead. But it was last Thursday. The Lady Dogs lost a tough one to LSU. And at the end of the game, yeah. I'm looking through it. We had 19 field goals, 19 turnovers, huh. and 19 fouls. Mm. When you got as many, many fouls, fouls and turnovers and field goals, you're, you're not, not going to win. Good, yeah. You're just not going to win. So last night, let's, let's do that for Georgia. 33 field goals. That's good. <laughs> what was the next number? Uh, turnovers. 13 turnovers. So you're over 20 there. Yeah, you're a plus 20. And fouls. And fouls. Georgia had 21 fouls. Which here's this this column? It's got fouls. It's got PF. 
personal fouls. Yes. An FD. That that is a new category. Yeah, what they, is that? It's basically a fouls drawn. So like oh, if you were okay. driving on me and I hacked you, you would get credit for making the play. Oh, okay. The play so it's like, a defensive stat. Yeah. So basically, you'd get credit for hey, you made a nice move. I had to foul you. I got you. So, so, so I would, the fouls drawn for Georgia has to equal the fouls for the other team. And is that right? Yeah. In in theory, now it might be a thing too, where if they just call a reach in okay. late to stop. Because in this clock, case, now that you mention that, it does okay. equal out. Yeah. So you know, here's what that's another. So guys like Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan, if they go back and, and look at film and yeah. redo this, they'll have a lot of fouls. They'll have drawn. a lot of fouls drawn. So Katie Johnson last night had five fouls drawn. That's going to the hole. And I guess that makes sense. That means you're shooting free throws. That's and right. And he did shoot eight free throws last night. Auburn had um, Sharif Cooper with nine fouls drawn, and he was eight for ten from the free throw line. He's a player. Nine fouls drawn. He is. A he also had five player. fouls. So that's good. Sharif don't like that. You need to get Sharif the Casbah. He is a, he's a, he's <laughs> yeah. a good player. Yeah, he is a good player, and uh, I think Auburn's going to be really good next year. They, they this will. is kind of a rebuilding year for them, but yeah, good win last night for the Dogs, and thank you for explaining the F. <laughs> because I was I was not getting that at all and I figured I knew just about everything there was to know in one of these kind of things no doubt that's every now and then I'll see some of those some of those new baseball stats I'll come in like what have they come up with now how (laughs) many RBIs and runs scored okay hey back to football for just a moment I want to mention a couple of things that we have also found out today I believe G-Day is going to be April 17 if you want to put that on the calendar so that's the week it's the week of the heritage the the week after the Masters Georgia baseball hosts Kentucky that weekend being at home so the dogs are at home the other thing we found out today and I don't know that I think we all kind of knew something was going but it's kind of official now because Kirby confirmed it that Will Muschamp is on the staff for as a as an analyst okay so uh coach boom i guess will be in athens this fall as an analyst which as we know how that works coach saban has been doing a i think he has the high profile analysts on his staff and now we've got a high profile analyst here uh and now will son mm-hmm. is on the team and um I think it's – you would probably agree with this, that uh, I think his name's Jackson yes. and uh, yes. played – he was a, a good high school quarterback and and uh, he's probably came to – Georgia. Like, well, why didn't he go to South Carolina, you know? It's like, why did he come to Georgia? It's like, well, maybe certain, certain individuals are – they're going to play college football as a preferred walk-on, but they're not necessarily pursuing a playing situation sure. but a coaching situation and sure you know you want to go somewhere else and and maybe learn some things under somebody else and I think it made perfect sense that he came here and the connection between Will and Kirby and now Will's here too. Uh, David an example of that um, you know say what you will about his coaching career but I remember when Brian Schottenheimer went to Florida. Mm-hmm. He knew he wasn't going to play. Right. But he wanted to get into coaching. And, you know, who better to have tutor you than Steve Spurrier? That's so, right. You know, That's that right. Was, so, I, yeah, I could certainly see that being a deal. And I think one thing with Will, especially this analyst role, and, I mean, along with counting his $13 million bucks there, I don't yeah. know when he's getting all that. But he's in a spot, too – Kirby and him have known each other for so long, he can cut through the noise. Yeah. Yeah. And just say, no, 
you don't need to be playing this guy or get this guy. Like, what, what are you doing here? Maybe but, here's the we've talked about of having that, you know, that that guardian angel on your shoulder mm-hmm. or whatever that can help you with some things. Now, Will was not the, you know, he he looked like he was always about to explode on the yes. sideline. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know if he is the best example, but still, to ha- like you said, to have somebody else that can be in there. I, I know when, when Kevin was on the staff, there were things Kirby could say. Like, the Louisiana-Lafayette game, Kirby's first year, it was very windy that day. Yeah. And it was basically and, – so, right, and Kevin was very easy, like on purchase. All right, 10 yards deeper on that end, five yards more shallow on that end. Mm-hmm. Okay, something like that because a lot of times – and he was said, yeah, there was one, – one of the analysts was like, well, wait, what – and Kirby was like, no, I, I got it, I got it. And, <laughs> and I think with any coach now – that that is a challenge because there is so much information with the analytics, with the analysts, and a big key is: Are you getting this information yeah. in a timely manner? And you've got to think too for, for a lot of these analysts. And I get it; these are young guys trying to work their way up. You're probably always trying to find something. And as a friend of mine told me, he had a high school coach told him one time, say, "You know what? Sometimes an orange is just an orange. Just an orange. <laughs> Sometimes it's just a three-yard gain." So. I think with that, there's a lot of data, and, and I think there's a lot of noise as well. And th- this goes for every staff at every major program there. And sometimes, if not all the time, probably it is good all the time, if you've got somebody who can cut through that and just tell you a good quick answer and not have to worry about how it's going to affect their career yeah. if you don't like what it is that they say. That's right. No, you're absolutely right. It, it it just gives yeah. I, I totally I totally agree with that. Got to have somebody there, or it helps to have somebody there that can say what they're thinking without thinking that it's going to you know ding them at some point. Uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just to be like, hey, coach, so you need to be playing this guy, okay? Yeah. Now, what does an analyst do on game day? I, that I don't know. That's the you know so. As far as uh, you know, what they're allowed to do and what they're not I think allowed they can to do. Sit in the, I guess they can sit in the box. I don't know how many are on the sidelines. I mean, it's the, the football staffs now, TJ. But I mean, you can remember back in the day. You know, we knew most of those guys when when I was in school. You you had the head coach and the nine assistants. Bob Pittard was the recruiting coordinator. And there were, you know, there were four or five GAs. Yeah, yeah. And you had John Casey and Joe T running the, the strength program. And, I mean, that was it. But now, you know, every coach, and this goes everywhere, every assistant coach has a GA, an analyst. I mean, there's the, the size of the football staffs. It, it's so enormous. And, you know, so much of it around the country, too, is keeping up with the Joneses. But I've got to think, and, and if I could put it at a different level – then what we do, you know, we get before each game, say from Georgia baseball, we get a, a packet of notes. The, the great Christopher Lakos puts them out, and we go through, you know, we figure out what's good or not. Some teams you play, you might get one sheet, and you're like, eh, well, this isn't very much. At least we got the, the pertinent information. Other places, you might get like a 50-page thing. It's like, oh, yeah. this is too much. It's too much, and we're not going to use it, and you're just wasting paper. So I, I think some, that that happy medium is what you're looking for. And I've just got to think with with coaches, sometimes that happy medium is the key because, again, there is so much data out there. But if the head coach of the NFL 
SEC, wherever it may be, if they're not getting it at the right time, if they're not getting it on time, it it's really doesn't do you any good in game. Right. So just doing a quick little digging here while we've been talking about this, your analysts are basically around the coaches, not the players. Okay. In theory, that's what they're doing. They're your extra set of eyeballs and ears and everything else for the coaches. So what they do is help with, I don't know, film mm-hmm. tendencies, finding out different stuff. That's what your analyst is doing. Self-scouting. Self-scouting. Like I get, I mean, as far as being on the sideline on game day, I've never really paid attention on that. I don't that. either, yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll definitely figure out that, but it's – what they do uh it's it's and that's the you know this and honestly this is one of those where if you're a big time program like an sec school you can have more analysts than sure than other schools it, you're, it's not counting against coaching staffs that kind of thing and you the, can employ people how you want to and and that's again where having an extra set of eyes it's it's almost always a very good thing but but again i, I think having an extra set of eyes that can cut through and be direct if they do see something that's where will um for for this i'm assuming he'll be here for a year and then you know want to get back in plus this is not well it sounds like he could have been a dc at a couple of places this year if you'd wanted to be so i'm sure he's just maybe he's just yeah i'm gonna time out 20 gonna take a 20 here and then go ahead and make the next move you know when you're talking about moving a family this is an Mm -hmm. easy move his alma mater yeah for sure yeah temporarily so Um, but but I'll you know I'll say it for the eighth beating that poor dead horse to death. But just because I, I cannot imagine you know like the the day after a game, but the coaches meetings, y'all know how crazy it is going on. And now you you've got over the last few years with the analysts, there there's so many voices out there. So sometimes when it's all said and done, just just having somebody who can come. I mean, you think these guys coached together at Valdosta State twenty something years ago. Yeah. So for like, the same money they're making now, just a little, just a little less. I think Kirby, what Kirby said he was making like you know like twelve <laughs> five or something like that. So, just a little bit less. So, uh, you know, so I, I think it'll be uh, definitely a good thing for, for for this year for this team. And who knows, you know, if you're talking about you know making a run and 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 having that special season. Now th- this is different because we're talking about an offensive coordinator here and a historically great quarterback with the all-time great season. You know, you kind of think about the harmonic convergence of Joe Brady, Joe Burrow at LSU from 2019. Yeah. Brady was there for one year. Now again, I- I'm not comparing Will to that, but maybe just maybe in those one or two games where those one or two plays make the difference between a trophy or not, that extra set of eyes and being able to again be direct. Maybe that's something that can make the difference. Who knows? Any edge you can get. Any that's what they're looking for. Any single edge you can get. All right, before we get out of here, we've got um, Georgia baseball starting two weeks from Friday, which is fantastic. You hosted Bulldogs Live with Coach Strickland on Monday, and I know it was uh, that probably got in your, in your blood there a little oh, bit yeah. more just oh, talking yeah. to him and talking about baseball. And Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. My Wednesday lean. I know I, I had my Tuesday <laughs> lean on the air yesterday. I'm still, I'm still the Bucks plus three and a half, and you're still the Chiefs minus three and a half. I am, although the the situation of that Chiefs offensive line not yeah. having Fisher and is their center yeah. going to be able to go? 
it's worrying me some. I think the best defensive player on the field, and this was kind of Roquan the second, Devin, Devin White, White from LSU. Yeah. I mean, that's he's a beast. He's, he's a dude. Yeah, he is. I mean, he is a dude. I, I would imagine though, Kansas City, you'll probably see them do things a little bit differently. Maybe do a, a few more quick throws, but this could be a thing where you know, is Tampa just going to say, "Hey, if if the center can't go, you know." 20 plays, we're just going to send White straight up the mm-hmm. middle on, on an A-gap, on an A-gap Because I'll think back to, not to bring up bad memories, but when Tennessee came in here and beat us in 1998, and Coach Donnan's um, third year, our starting center was Miles Lucky. He was a very good player. He had a severely sprained ankle, mm-hmm. but but he went. But you know, Coach Johnson, he just he couldn't go side to side. Tennessee had an All American linebacker, now Wilson, and they just sent him up the middle, play after play. He we was just, good. Hey, he was the MVP of the game he that was day. Good. We, we just didn't have an answer. So yep. I, I would think that the the key to this game can will be that Tampa front seven, and are they able to? disrupt Mahomes because you think back last year to the Super Bowl Mahomes was just okay until the fourth quarter he was unbelievable in the fourth quarter but in that last period remember who was it was his name was it Chris Jones the guy who, who blocked the two passes for the Chiefs you know it was, I it don't was remember. Jones or, or Clark yeah, but, yeah. but those, those guys like those are the types sure. of plays well it's second and four but ooh, batted pass ooh, now all of a sudden it's third and four you know, so. And then, yeah, it's a totally different thing. Even on, um, I guess it was the – who was the tight end for the Packers uh, that dropped uh, oh. uh, that the uh, the two-point conversion? It's a tight end. But the thing was, it was like it, he should have caught it. Yes. But it was tipped just, just a little, little. And if he catches that, they're little, within yeah. three. And yeah. Then, yeah. Mean, so whoever made that tip might have uh, caused that drop, and then, you know, things are – that changes games. So, yeah, just little things like that. Oh, we talk about in baseball all the time. We see it when, all right, God, the other guy's trying to, oh, we bunted it foul. It's 0-2. And then he hits a double off the wall. Yeah. It's like, all right, well. Or if you're in Lexington, a home run. It's like, well, we're done. Yeah, pack her up. Yeah. We're out of here. And in football, I, I just, I've, I've seen this happen, you know, good and bad. But, you know, if, if we're on defense, whoever we may be, for us it's Georgia, if we drop an interception – Next play, they get a first down. They yep. go score a touchdown. It's like it's that's hard to overcome. Yep. And in a game like this with two quarterbacks like this, any opportunity, you better take advantage of it. We got to get on out of here. I always enjoy being. We've got. We got. We are desperately out of time. He's beating a man with a rubber, rubber shark. shark. <laughs> he is beating a man with a rubber, rubber shark. shark. <laughs> I always enjoy the crossover every week, uh, Jeff. Next week when we're in here. Uh, by the way, we got like nine bulldogs in the wasted management this weekend playing awesome. out in the desert. We'll we'll be able to say Georgia baseball starts next week That's when we're awesome. in here next week. So we'll have a lot of stuff going on. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll get a couple of football surprises later today that we're not expecting, or at least, well, I don't know. I'm not expecting anything else, but I'm I love about. the fact that the big bear. Big bear. The big bear. Come and get big bear. Is verbally committed on National Signing Day. That is not a coincidence. No, it is not. Yes. Strategery. Strategery is a good Keeping thing. Keeping the news good. That's right. So it's episode number 173. And again, you can find us in the App Store if you have an iPhone, Google Play, and Android. Of course, you can go to the 960theref.com website and hear us there. Of course, though, the, the app. 
is where it's at. We tell everybody, hey, tap that app, the 960 <laughs> The Ref app. All right, thanks so much for joining us. For Jeff, I'm Dave, and this is the Crossover Podcast on 960 The Ref, 960theref.com, and the 960 The Ref app. You've been listening to The Crossover on 960theref.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.